It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays, raining Jays. Millie's Hey there, welcome back. This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast. I want to thank you for making us part of your daily grind. Wherever you're going, whatever it is that you're doing, I want to thank you for making us part of your routine we are the Rain and Jays. It would normally be me, John Corrales, and Samuel Jamison Packard III. You know him as Sam Packard or Jam Packard on Twitter. We did a podcast, Sam and I. We recorded for an hour. We had an awesome one-hour conversation about this big win in Washington. The game sucked. Really, honestly, the game sucked. If we're being honest, if you watch the whole game... The entire game from start to finish sucked. The finish part was awesome, but for probably 33 minutes of this, it was bad. It was a terrible game. But Sam and I talked about it for an hour, and it didn't record. So I am doing this again. Sam can't do it again because he's sick. He tried to go through this. I really think that he caught... What's going through and knocked Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward out of this. And quite honestly, I'm fighting that off myself. So something is going around and it's claiming victims. And apparently it claimed my computer because for some reason it didn't record the entirety of that podcast. So an hour long podcast about this 131.25 win went away, flushed down the toilet. So I am going to give you a few of my thoughts. And thankfully, I put out a call on Twitter for some people on Skype. And we got a few results, a few people chiming in. And I'm going to give you all of those back to back to back after the break. But let me give you my thoughts on this because we had to give you a podcast and I have to give you my thoughts. You want to hear it? So Here it goes. Kyrie Irving, 38 points, 12 of 28, 4 of 11 from 3, 10 of 10. The Celtics were 25 of 25 from 3. That's the first time that they took 25 free throws. I'm sorry. Did I say 25 from from 3? 25 of 25 from the free throw line. 25 free throws and 100%. It's the first time that that's happened since... 1990. We've begged the Celtics to get to the line, and they did. Kyrie Irving was 10 of 10 from the line. Marcus Smart was 7 of 7 from the line. Marcus Morris was 4 of 4. Daniel Tice and Terry Rozier each took a trip to the free throw line. Jason Tatum, 
did not. I continue my one criticism of Jason Tatum's game that he should get to the free throw line. He does not. He hasn't very often. He should. He is very capable of doing that, but he doesn't. Anyway, Kyrie Irving, 10 of 10 from the line, 38 points, 12 of those points came in overtime. His 12 points matched the Wizards' 12 points in overtime, which means the difference was Terry Rozier hitting a three and Marcus Smart getting a basket. He also had two offensive rebounds, but Kyrie Irving in overtime was the story. Kyrie Irving hit a three that was like 30... 30-something feet away. But the more impressive Kyrie Irving three was on the sideline with John Wall draped all over him, and he rose up and hit this huge rainbow three. Like, he shot that thing higher than a normal shot. He put that way up there, and it hit nothing but net. The, the reason to me that that was more impressive than a, a three that was probably five feet further out is that the three that was further out, John Wall was kind of looking over his shoulder. He wasn't really contesting that shot. Kyrie got to step into it. And that's a three that today's NBA players take and make. That's something that they do. Kyrie can take that shot. He probably makes that shot in practice, you know, 10 out of 15 times. And that's a shot that in today's NBA, that's, that's not bad. Me from 20 years ago, I'd look at that shot and be like, are you crazy? But me today, I'm like, that's yeah, it makes sense. So Kyrie taking that shot with really no resistance, impressive because of the distance, like that's almost a half court shot for God's sake. That's impressive. But the shot on the sideline with Wall in his face, that he has to adjust the height, that he has to adjust the launch angle, all of that stuff, that shot was more impressive to me than the other shot. It was a very, very big shot, especially in that moment. Uh, The Celtics were down. The shot clock was winding down. That was big. The shot from 30 one or whatever feet away, Celtics were at least tied. If he missed, they might have gotten a rebound. The Wizards are a terrible rebounding team. They could have gotten the rebound, or they could have at least tried to get a stop. So they are um, in at least a better situation. That's why the other shot is very impressive to me. Marcus Morris has to get some love in this game because Marcus Morris, and I'll talk about more of this Later on in my Skype conversations, but Marcus Morris has been super, super important for these Boston Celtics. I mean, this is a guy that we've talked about in other post-game podcasts, in other podcasts. Marcus Morris is very important to these guys. When the Celtics have struggled, Marcus Morris has not. I think there's one game, and I can't even remember which game it was. Maybe the Charlotte game? Maybe? But... There was a game where he couldn't bail them out. Marcus Morris has been bailing them out time and time again. He has been a rock for them, and I've said he is the most important player 
for these guys. I have I've said in the past that Al Horford is the most important player for the Celtics, and maybe in the playoffs he'll resume that role, but this season, Marcus Morris has been the most important guy by far. When the Celtics have struggled, he's been the guy that's gotten them baskets. He's kind of gotten them through the first 20 games, the pre-Thanksgiving Celtics. He's gotten them through those tough times, and even after that, when they've had those stretches where they have struggled to score. Marcus Morris has kept them at least close. And he's kept them close so Kyrie can do what he does. So Marcus Morris has got to get a ton of love. And then, of course, there's Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is the unquantifiable badass. In my notes, I just have written down, Marcus Smart is a goddamn superhero. And that's Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's numbers, I'll read them off. 18 points on 5 of 12 shooting. It's not great. 41.7%. 1 of 5 from 3, 20%. 7 of 7 from the line is great. That's great. He had 5 rebounds and 3 assists, 3 steals. So the overall game is pretty good. You look at it, it's pretty good. But... It's not indicative of the type of game that he really had, which is whenever the Celtics needed somebody to do something, Marcus Smart was in the middle of it. And things like Bradley Beal coming up the floor and Marcus Smart being in his way and forcing him to do something stupid and dribble it off his leg, that's not going to be a Marcus Smart statistic, but it should be. Marcus Smart got rebounds that he shouldn't have gotten. He had finishes that he shouldn't have gotten. He hit shots that he shouldn't have hit. Got to the line over and over and over again. Marcus Smart, and in the broadcast they named him, they gave him the Tommy Award. Marcus Smart was... Awesome. To me, this game came down to Kyrie doing Kyrie things at the end. But it was Marcus Smart that kept things together and Marcus Morris that did the 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 things that you need him to do to as a scoring factor to keep the Celtics in a position where Kyrie can do what he does. Like Kyrie wasn't great early, but Kyrie late in the second half, in overtime, was really, really good. In overtime, three of five, two of two from three. In the second half, he had 13 points. So 13 points for Kyrie Irving, plus the 12 in the overtime. I mean, he was a monster after the break. And for Marcus Smart and for Marcus Morris, that's what you got to do. You got to do the things that get your stars, even when they're off, get them in a, in a place where they can do the things that they need to do to win the game. So that's my reaction. Again, I apologize for the technical difficulties that prevented the original podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm as pissed off as anybody that that didn't work out. But here we are. Those are my thoughts. After the break... We'll get a few Skype conversations. I put the call out. I said on Twitter, if you have a Skype, talk to me. And I talked to a few different people. I'll put those back to back to back. And we'll get those people's takes. And then when we come back after that, 
we'll do some Twitter Rain and Jay's Rain and Junk. Until we get there, I want to remind everybody that the Locked On NBA podcast has two social feeds that you should follow. Locked On NBA Net on Instagram, and the stories will give you in 15-second clips some samples of other podcasts, team-specific or Locked On NBA. In the feeds, you'll get longer clips, so you get a chance to sample on Locked On NBA some other podcasts if you want to listen to them if you want to subscribe or at least check out some podcasts you can do that through them lockdown nba net on twitter is a curated feed with all the lockdown podcast hosts the best of the best you don't have to follow all of the hosts of the 30 lockdown nba podcasts that there are so i mean you're talking about two hosts per show maybe some more 60 plus people you don't have to do that follow one lockdown nba net on twitter you get the curated feed of all of us on that one follow. So Lockdown NBA Net on Twitter and on Instagram. Give us a follow. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. So because my conversation with Sam Packard went to shit, I put out a call on uh, Twitter for some Skypes and three people responded. And so I recorded with them. Here are my conversations with those three names you might recognize. Let's talk a little bit about this game, man. What did you think, man? Kyrie was just kind of crazy, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that that's what you got when a, a guy with that confidence, right? That's a that's a guy that has won a ring at uh, an early age and is like, fuck it, right, for the rest of his career. Um, a lot like that. Uh, hospital Celtics. I mean, listen, Time Lord was phenomenal. Um, that quick two threes in a row I thought were huge when um, – Terry had the steal. I'm a Louisville guy, but Terry had the steal and then banged that three. I thought that was big. And um, they overcame a little bit of that struggle that they have when they were playing five guys that had never played together before, right? That but was 
Yeah, that was the point where I was like, man, it would be great to have Gordon. It would be great to have uh, it'd be great to have Al Horford. At that point. Yeah, yeah. The beginning of the fourth. There was a stretch there early on where people were like, oh, it'd be great to have everybody. But like, nah, man, our starters, our general regular starters plus Tice are on the floor. Like, they, they were just kind of screwing. But uh, there was the, the beginning of the fourth quarter was the moment where I was like, all right. We really could use these other guys because the beginning of the fourth quarter was pretty much butt. But yeah, you're just looking at the guys that are out there, and and not that any one of them individually was, you know, is poor or can't play or whatever. But when you see that lineup on the floor trying to hold the lead, it you, you can see how that's where the hospital Celtics hurts, yeah. right? The depth becomes very, you know, deep team. But when you got to roll that out for three, four minutes in the beginning of the fourth, that's going to hurt you a little bit. But again, then you get the guys back in, and and I thought the rest of the game was excellent. Excellent. Joe, Joe when you watch Marcus Smart, thinking, uh, he'll, uh, you know, looking at it on, on Twitter all game, right? He'll whether it's your center, your point guard, whatever. That, the guy's a monster. It's it, it, he he comes at everyone with the same aggression he came at that fan at when he was back at Oklahoma State. Uh, <laughs> He, I mean, he, he's incredible, right? Like, what, where, where would we be if we didn't re-sign him, right? Hey, man, I, I like, thought for a second there, I was watching this game, and I'm like, God, sure. he's, he's getting a ton of money, but and that's about, about the value that I thought he was going to get. But when you watch this game, this game in particular, like, man, you put a price on what Marcus Smart is making. Like, the numbers, I'll read off his, his stats for the game. You tell me if the stats that are, are worth – 10, 11, 12 million on four. Uh, he did have five rebounds. He was okay. All of that stuff. It's nice, but that doesn't even scratch the surface. Of- uh, it's it's not representative of his game at all. Right. And everything that he can do from just, you know, not even from like the uh, deflections or, or steals or anything that you can track, but just the way that they move and communicate defensively when he's on the floor. I mean, you, you think about it, you know, you have all this depth and all these top guys on the Celtics, and then you look at the two Marcuses that have been huge for this team in the first quarter of the season. Like, the, the biggest guys. I mean, Morris won't be an all-star. He, You know, he's not, he's never going to get the credit that sh- he should get, but how big has he been in, in the beginning of the season? Amazing, amazing. Uh, huge. And, and so those two guys, um, especially smart today, I thought set the tone defensively from the beginning because this could have been a game with hospital Celtics and wall was looking incredible. And Jeff green is here to haunt my dreams for the rest of my life. Apparently. (laughs) Uh, So this could have been a game that got away from them. You know, this was the game. If this was November 15th, probably does get away from them. But I thought smart made this game, not get away from them. And they hung around to where the talent that these guys have, ended up coming through in the third and then in overtime. Um, but this is a game that, that gets away from them and they lose if it's six weeks ago. I agree. I totally agree. All right, Joe, uh, I'm going to let you go. We're doing like some of these quick hitters. What's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's your Twitter handle? Joe Schartzer. Joe Schartzer, S-H-A-R-T-Z-R. Tell, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, so I uh, do um, uh, business and technology consulting in Boston. I'm actually in Charlotte right now. I almost went to the um, Charlotte-Detroit uh, game. That's literally across the street from my hotel right now, but I thought that was 
too uh, too uninteresting. I wanted to watch the sea. So um, I'm a big fan but, of Charlotte. Uh, My girlfriend. Who, uh, oh, Charlotte's a beautiful city. I come great. down here a lot, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, I've been to two away games: Denver and. Uh, Charlotte for the seas this year, and both of them have been <laughs> bad, ripped bad my heart out in the fourth. Ripped my heart out in the fourth both times. Oh man! Hey, Let's Joe, man. Go to so much. Thanks for listening, man. I appreciate that, man. Thank you for hopping on. All right, take care. So, uh, where where are you? Uh, I am in my office in Sydney, Australia. I'm looking at the Harbour Bridge right now. Sydney, Australia. Um, what time is it in Sydney, Australia? Uh, it's just after 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Jeez, that's uh, what 16 hours. Wow. All right. So you watch the game. What time? What time of this month? So that means. Yeah, the game started at 11 a.m. and I'm at work, of course. So I have to sort of sneak off and uh, and on my phone using League, league Pass, trying to find a, a time and a place to, to watch the game properly. So usually here in Australia, we, we watch like most of the game at work, and then we'll um, we'll go home and we'll, we'll watch like the League Pass condensed version. That, when we get home. That's amazing. All right. So so are you still at work? Yeah, I've just like found like a meeting room to duck, duck into. So um, hopefully they leave me alone for long enough for us to chat. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right, so we'll keep it quick. So <laughs> this is amazing. So you're in Australia, you're <laughs> ducking out of work because you the game started at 11 a.m., this amazing stuff. So, okay, so your impressions of this game, Kyrie, amazing, Marcus Smart, like what's going through your mind when Marcus Smart's doing Marcus Smart? Marcus Smart is absolutely the heart and soul of this team. He's definitely the most... Celtic-y Celtic since Kevin Garnett, in my opinion. And, and the, I like that line. The, the backcourt combination of, of Kyrie and Marcus Smart, like they just come out of my opinion. Um, I don't be upon that, that lineup combination uh, mistakenly through to injuries, but I, mean, I think that's our, our permanent uh, ongoing backcourt, backcourt moving forward. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I really think, we talked about this guys before, that Marcus Smart as a starter. I, uh, so Kyrie down the stretch the Celtics slow the coverage on the uh, foul but Kyrie come through mind there at work as you're watching Kyrie do what he does <laughs> yeah just sneaking uh, sneaking the game on uh, my phone on my lap as I pretend to work away there I think I heard that he scored the last 12 points over time he did is that correct now yeah yeah so, yeah, so 12 points in a row for Kyrie. And those two, like, fuck you threes at the end of the game to, to put it away were amazing. Like, that dude has balls of steel. And especially that, that rainbow three in the corner with heavy defense under duress, yeah. that was amazing. But, um, like, we've had a lot of trouble playing the, the Wizards um, as of late over the last few years. And the, I think the difference in confidence in the team going against the Wizards with Kyrie as our point guard rather than Isaiah Thomas as our point guard, um, the difference is, is very clear. So, I know, like, Kyrie's that guy to ride with going forward for sure. But um, that overtime for Kyrie was amazing. I'm going to watch that again as soon as I get home. Yeah, I would hope you watch it again just because it was awesome. Uh, Kyrie, again, continue like, not let these. If you had to pick, because three guys had amazing game. Uh, Marcus Moore, the Marcus Smart game, the Ky- three very distinct things that, that made the self rank them from players in so uh, is that aside from Smart, Morris, uh, and Kyrie, or, yeah, those or rank three. those three? Pick, pick the, put those one, two. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it would be easy to say to rank Kyrie one, but we don't get to that situation without Marcus Smart playing the way he did, you know, for the whole 48 minutes plus overtime. So I've, I've got to rank Marcus Smart in his game, and he was everywhere on defense tonight. So Smart's my number one, and we don't win that game in the end there without Kyrie, so he's my clear number two, and... and and this was the, the not-so-little engine that could through the whole night as well. So um, he's my, my solid number three. 
but they're all really up there at number one for me. So it's a hard rank to make. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Give us your Sure. Twitter handle is at Celtic Reddit pod. I'm the host of the Celtics Reddit podcast, the probably the best weekly Celtics podcast. I know you guys are the best Reddit podcast or the best Celtics podcast day to day. Um, but we're out there every week coming up at you from Sydney, Australia. Um, definitely big out there on Celtics Reddit and Celtics Twitter lands. So you can, you can find me and the rest of us at the Celtics Reddit podcast at Celtic Reddit pod. And thanks for having us. Yeah, sure, man. So, shout out to Celtics Reddit. I mean, I, I don't participate as much as I'd like to Celtics Reddit. I'm on there from time to time, just kind of seeing what, where everybody's on, what, what everybody's doing. So, uh, look, the Reddit community is awesome and it's very, very passionate. So very cool. You guys do the podcast, man. Thanks for, uh, being available to bail us out here a little bit on the live. <laughs> no problem. Happy to do it. Thanks for I, having me. I hope you don't get fired. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you. Bye. See you, man. All right, so Alex, so former Reds Army writer and currently writer for like... Uh, right now, it's just Celtics blog to step you in, you know, just keeping it easy. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so you watched this game, you paid attention? Uh, so one, that was a really fun win for the Celtics. It, it didn't always feel fun. It was, it was a grind at times. That first half looked like maybe yeah. they just didn't have enough buckets in them. Can we clear the game sucked? The game itself sucked. The, the ending was awesome. The game sucked. Yeah, and, and but I also think like when we re, like when you rewatch it today, you're gonna realize a big part of why it felt like it sucked was because that crowd was trash. I feel like their just lack of energy like in like infected how like the game was played. But to your point, the ending was great, and I enjoyed every bit of Kyrie sending John Wall home to MVP chance. I I absolutely that was so fun. That yeah. was. That was so fun. It was pretty nice. I used to be used to be a John Wall guy. And I don't know about about you, but I used to be a John Wall guy. And over the past like two, I've just been like, oh, have I been wrong this whole time, or has he regressed? No, it's it's very clear that like he regressed, but he regressed in a way that a casual fan wouldn't notice. Because if you just look at his box score on a day to day basis, he's putting up numbers that look like all star numbers. But when you actually watch him play, it's just he. It's like the anti-Marcus Smart. Like, he doesn't make the winning plays. He doesn't try what he needs to try. Like, if he's not the one controlling the ball, if he's not the one that's making the assist, not the secondary assist, if he's not the one that's being involved in the action as the main piece, like, he doesn't want to do anything. And on the defensive end, like, he he's just okay dogging it, staying on the side, defending, like, non-stars. It's almost like LeBron, but, like, without LeBron's like talent like he can't take over the way lebron can but he wants to play like he's lebron right. it's it's weird I, I like the stat that uh it's the advanced uh tracking stats that show that slowest player in the nba like literally the fastest guy in the nba is playing slower than everybody which says ton about what john wall is because john wall being as fast as he, all over the using that to his advantage and the fact that he's not, the fact that he's standing around, that he's not doing it off the ball, at least create things for other players. And that's, to me, the biggest problem with John Wall. It's that not team better. He, If he's not the guy 
that's getting the play, he's just not doing anything. How many times have we seen the NFL? A wide receiver who's not in on the play just stands off on the corner and just signals to the defense, I don't have to pay attention to you. It's the safeties know that all the linebackers know. I don't have to be on that side of it, which hurts the rest of the If John Wall is not involved, he's just not involved in anything. So when he, at the end of the was involved in the play because he was actually taking the ball to the hoop and scoring. That was between him and... So let's transition to that. Him and Kyrie dueling at each other. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, why don't the Celtics do something to like stop him? A jump shooter. What did you was attacking the basket? Did you see opportunity to stop for the Celtics to stop him from getting to the rim and try to get him to maybe take... Yeah, so on my initial watch, the first thing I the first thing I wondered is like, where was Marcus Smart? Why aren't you putting Marcus Smart on him? And then I saw that they kind of had Marcus Smart on Beal, which signaled to me that maybe this was kind of like a calculated effort. Like they know John Wall has a little rust in his blood; he'll pull up for those seventeen, eighteen footers. But I mean, to his credit, like he was lights out in the fourth quarter. He had twelve points. He took everyone and anyone to the rim. Um, people have kind of gotten on him about like. Gained, like like the weight gain but he looks really strong out there and he really like he's it, it like he's he's used it to his advantage like finishing and he had like a re- he just got downhill like i think the celtics were okay like putting him one-on-one like the Albert split in most situations on a, on a defender and he just won his matchup time and time again it was to his credit like that was very impressive in the fourth quarter all right let's get back to the sir uh marcus morris has been just your sense it's your uh foremost voices on self sense of the Marcus Morris kind of impact on not just this. Yeah. I mean, I think dating back to last year when he was struggling a bit, there was always this thing where if you surround him with other good talents and kind of define, put him in a defined role, he would play well, but it was when they had him playing as like a first or second option where you would see some of like the ISO MOOC stuff that drew the ire of Celtics fans. And I think this year you're seeing like our guys are back. There's a lot of talent around him all the time and he's just more comfortable. And then now, even now on a night like tonight, like he's been just in such a groove lately, like even his, even his isolations are working for him. He's still hitting those fadeaways. He's still scoring in the post. Um, he's taking threes and hitting them at a high level. Um, I said this last night and I was kind of serious. I actually think just the way the East is set up, he might have an all-star conversation. Like it's very possible. The fact that people are talking about Pascal Siakam, who's also kind of having like a similar type of uh, season like that, like where he's just playing very well in his role. A guy like Mook who's putting up like 15, 20 a night, shooting at all three levels, ability to score in isolation, ability now and like a guy like Jalen and Hayward go down, like he can step up and just be like a 25, 30 point score like that. It was, it's high, it's highly impressive. Like some of this is, I think some of this was due based on playing a better talent, but also like he just, he just really improved. Like he's playing very, very well. Like I'm, I'm floored because a lot of us thought, he was going to be the guy that, um, you know, would be the one that wasn't happy about playing time or wouldn't get the role he wanted. And instead, he's been Absolutely. maybe like our third best player, or at least third most important player. Like most it's, important player. It's, yeah, maybe it's, it's a good argument. Okay, so we're doing this. The reason we, you and I are talking is because Sam and I did a podcast that didn't, 
And in that podcast, I spent a significant amount of time saying Marcus Morris has been our and I say that because obviously Kyrie, when you say most important player, you're, you're trying to imply something. Kyrie, he's the best player. And the plus minus him on the floor versus him off the floor, very stark and say, don't overthink it. But at the same time, when the self carried them this game, he carried, we talked about it in the post game, the Pelicans, when they were struck half of that game, he carried them. Marcus Morris has been the guy that when things aren't working, you can say, Take the ball, somebody to get a bucket. He's been getting not only buckets, threes, drives, or post-ups. He's been shooting at a high level across the board. Overall field goal is higher than ever. Shooting is higher than ever. His player efficiency, player efficiency rating is flawed, but it is above league average for the first time ever. He has been very, very, very important for this. So I can see, I can see him getting into the All-Star game. Maybe if somebody, like, maybe as an injury, an end-of-bench all-star, and this might be his, but those, I think, honors for him that it's very well earned. The Celtics will have Kyrie as an all-star, and right now, struggling to see if they have a second, they might say that Tatum could be a second all-star, but if the Celtics can get to the all-star break, uh, a record that's maybe good for the second, or maybe a Top overall, the uh, Raptors. 20- yeah, they're, they're not doing us any favors. No, yeah, the Raptors no. are going to beat the Warriors. So uh, so the Celtics probably be competing for the top seed, but right now no fears being done. So anyway, when when you're up there, you, you get to maybe three all-stars. I can see Marcus Morris getting in. I can see the argument. It's not based on overall raw numbers, but when you look at what he's done, he's been super important. Yeah, and you know, a big part of that would have to come with the Celtics continuing to win, because that's to your point, how you do get all stars. But th- there's no denying, like he's had a career year. He's shooting efficient, efficient from all levels, and just with the way the East is set up, there's definitely a there, there's definitely a strong argument for that. So before we go, let's get Marcus Smart. We got to get your you're watching Marcus Smart out there. Well, obviously, we can't quantify what Marcus Smart. You watch Marcus Smart out there. It's just like. Some of the plays that he makes aren't going to show up in any box score, even if you dig in the advanced end. So what, when you're watching Marcus Smart out there, what do you think? I, I've been trying to hold this take in, but since, oh, let it go. I mean, since he's been in the starting lineup, it feels very similar to when the Warriors inserted Draymond Green to the starting lineup. It just seems like a key was unlocked and everything just makes more sense. And everything just flows better. And Kyrie, Kyrie called it like the second he had that Pelicans game, and he just felt like that chemistry. Like he knew, like that type of energy is what he needed on the court. And it's just, it's not like he changed substantially. Like he's not just drastically different player. He's been the Marcus Smart that we've all loved and appreciated, regardless of the shooting. It's just that within this team, with the skill set surrounding them, like he has the perfect skill set to kind of like slide in and. Um, kind of raise the level for everyone because he's doing the things that these other guys don't want to do. Like he's the one that's going to dive on the floor. He's the one who's going to take take on the hard defensive assignment. He's the one who's going to take the knee to the shin, fighting over a pick and roll. Like all these little things are just like what they needed for uh, the first twenty games of the season, and then now they're getting it right from the jump, and it's helping them like sustain it throughout the year. It's it's helped with the balance. 
of the first and second unit now that they have guys like Jalen and Hayward back there. And it, it just feels like he's been since like for the one streak, I would, I would say he's the most viable player. Like his effect on everyone. has just been great to see. Yeah, I can see that. All right, look, uh, we're doing quick hitters here, so we're going to let you go. Give us, first of all, again, so you're on Celtics blog and and the Stepien doing draft stuff. Okay. And your Twitter handle for people who don't know is Kungu underscore NBA. Okay. And are you still in law? Yeah, I just finished my fall semester. So I have one more left and I can take the bar and hopefully be a lawyer. That is amazing. What the hell are you doing talking about basketball? <laughs> no, I mean, people think like, like I don't study, but like most of the time I'm just on my phone and then it's the times when I tweet like a lot is when I'm just like try, trying to take a break and take my mind off it. It's worked very good as something just just to not worry about laws and elements and all that stuff. So it's funny. I know your guy on NBA Twitter, a lawyer or about to be a uh, what 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 law are you practicing? What are you trying to get into? Uh, transactional lawyering. So just like business stuff, hoping to get get admitted to New York bar and then, you know, fingers crossed I can get into the NBA through that way, but we'll see. So ultimately 10 years from now, or like me, what, what do you hope to be doing? Hopefully it's hopefully in a front office somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So you want to get, so you want to combine your legal expertise with the basketball to be in a front office to do what? Like I would, I would love to get into uh, player scouting, like just going around the world viewing people, evaluating talent, like working with front office to evaluate picks. Like I really, I really like that stuff. So that, that I'd be where it was. So, you know, all right, cool, man. Cross my fingers, <laughs> but thanks for having me. That'd be awesome, man. Thanks to everybody for joining me on the Skype. We'll move on to the Twitter after I tell you about the locked on NFL side of the network. We've got locked on NFL. For all of your favorite NFL teams, if you're a Patriots fan like me and you're wondering what the hell happened in that Miami game or if you're looking ahead to the rest of the season, search for Locked On Patriots. If you're a fan of other teams, search for your favorite team. Of course, Locked On NFL for the national podcast. There's two Locked On NFL Fantasy. Check those out and uh, go ahead and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Moving on to the Twitter, Rain and Jays. Let's run through a few of these real quick. Justin Edwards, at Justin GMU Hokey. Marcus Smart is literally the only player that can play one through five on offense and defense. He effing rocks. There's a great picture of Marcus Smart after the game wearing his flannel and his cap, his wool cap. It looks like a guy. Look, when I was living in New York, I'd bump into guys like like that in Brooklyn, going to PBR night <laughs> and and getting like two dollar PBRs at the bar. That's that's Marcus Smart in this picture. Marcus Smart is just a cool motherfucker, man. And uh, yeah, he played the five, and he he had a great quote afterwards saying that he didn't necessarily play the fly five, played a straight six. Which in the podcast that we recorded that never made it. Jam and I were like, what the hell does a straight six mean? I assume that it means something car related because I know there's a straight six versus a V6, an engine type of thing, but I'm not necessarily a car guy. 
I have no idea what he's talking about. But Marcus Smart, the only player in the NBA right now that can play one through five. Really, honestly, the last guy who played one through five, I don't want to make this comparison necessarily, but it was Magic Johnson who played one through five in the playoffs. And uh, I know Smart's not Magic, but uh, I just wanted to say that. I don't know why. At Big Boston B, it shocked me even back when Kyrie was on the Cavs. How could people think Wall is better? At least he continues to prove he's one of the elite. Wall, I struggle with Wall, like you heard me say with Alex. Uh, I used to be a Wall guy. I'm not a Wall guy as much anymore. Joe McDonald, Rain and Jays, Smarf is a Celtics hero. Then Time Lord, Time Lord, Time Lord. Holy shit, Kyrie. It's like three tweets in one. Yeah, Smarf was really a hero in this game. At Andrew Moore, 1987, Marcus. Seriously, this guy can't get enough love from anyone who isn't a Celtics fan. Marcus Smart, man, that dude just keeps on going. Uh, it's Archer, 91. Father Time could have prevented overtime if he was in for Beal's free throws. This dude deserves more minutes. Okay, two things here. Marcus, um, I'm sorry, uh, Bradley Beal's free throw. So he got fouled with 13 and change on the clock. And the question was whether that was a smart thing to do. And and Sam and I talked about this. So I'm going to explain why it was a smart thing to do because the Wizards did not have a timeout. So 13 and change on the clock, they fouled. If they box out and get that rebound, then the foul happens Let's say it's 13 straight up. They go down. If they hit two free throws, it's a three-point game again. Washington does not have a timeout. They have to take the ball out. Even if they get the ball and come on in, even if they're met with a, a little bit of defensive resistance, even if John Wall gets to the rim pretty quickly, uh, or, or they're, well, the whole point is they're supposed to get fouled. So at 13, they get it up over the court. It's like 11, they get fouled somewhere in 11, 10 plus point whatever seconds per game. If Washington hits one and misses one like there, the theory is, and the Celtics get that ball back, let's say there's 10 and a half. The Celtics have one timeout to advance. Well, they have two. So they use one timeout to advance the ball and they hit two free throws. Then that gets... Washington in a position to go full court again, get them down to eight something. Celtics have the opportunity to get another timeout after Washington makes one, misses one. I think when it all comes down to the final math, Washington runs out of time to really fully get the ball in a position to win this game. So, if Washington had one timeout, I don't think they would have fouled. But I think in that situation, the fouls were a good idea. If Father Time was there, he could have bent space and time. And that would have been maybe a good idea. But he wasn't. So, uh, But I agree with the, the, the strategy. If the Celtics had done that and Washington had a timeout, I would not have agreed with it. So considering situation and time, that was a good move. And uh, at Lit Luke 14, did I just hear a Let's Go Celtics chant in D.C.? You did. And you also hear 
you also heard, heard, MVP chants for Kyrie Irving. Celtics fans travel well. After the game, Brad Stevens said, sometimes you got to pinch yourself when it comes to being a Boston Celtic. The Celtics fans travel very well, whether they're uh, living in that city or traveling to that city. And they did a great job for the Celtics in Washington tonight. The MVP chants were awesome. The Celtics uh, chants for uh, Let's Go Celtics were awesome. So Celtics fans travel very well. Uh, at Jalen Brown for Prez, I'm sorry, Jalen Brown for Prez, at Loud Noises, he points out that there was a lady when uh, Kyrie Irving hit that 32-footer that who came in, sat down, then got up afterwards and moved on. Uh, Joe McDonald seems like everyone was cry, crying foul tonight. Gorman called Time Lord, Time Lord, Scal, Time Lord, Time Lord, Time Lord. Everybody loves the Time Lord. We got Mike Gorman to use Time Lord once, which is awesome. So uh, I'm all in, man. If if Mike Gorman, Mike Gorman's awesome. Mike Gorman, by the way, cool as shit. He's been on this podcast a couple of times. He's been on board with the bloggers since the beginning. That dude is in, and uh, I, I'm I'm all for Mike Gorman. Not only is he a legend as a broadcaster, but he's embraced this blog culture, this podcast culture, and the fact that he called Robert Williams the Time Lord, that's just ex- an expansion on how cool Mike Gorman really is. So um, I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, wait, one more, last one. Jovian Shadow retweeting Aus, at Aus Celtics fan, Justin, who is a longtime listener and a friend of mine. Wall is such a wanker. I just want to leave it at that because Wall is such a wanker. It's a great, I just love that term, by the way. It's, it's a great term. I think the United States needs to adopt the term wanker. We should use it a lot more often. All right, that's the show. Again, th- this is not a show that's as good as the other show that we did, but it's a show and you want a show after that game. So I'm giving you a show. Thanks to everybody who joined me on the Skype. Follow them, man. That's a big, it's a heroic effort from them. That's all, but a Marcus Smart Award for all three of those guys. And um, appreciate that. Appreciate you guys for listening. If you've made it this far, man, God, I, I'm, I'm really very, especially appreciative that you've made it this far. My voice is just trash at this point because I've been podcasting for like three hours and that's only gotten me 40 minutes worth of actually usable content. But we're here. We're here for you on the Lockdown Celtics podcast daily, Monday through Friday. New listeners, if you've gotten to this point, it's worth a subscription, man. Subscribe to this podcast. You regular listeners, I hope that you give us a five-star rating for this. A good review. Share the podcast. Tell everybody. It's the Locked On Celtics podcast that you should be listening to, and it's on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.